Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Feisty, fearless, and fair, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Well, it is certainly not a dull day in Washington nor in academia. Later on in the Rita Cosby Show, I thought I have seen it all, uh, but finally, finally, some leadership at the City University of New York have spoken out. Uh, This is unbelievable. The graduation speaker at the law school graduation at the commencement that took place, get this, May 12th, so what took them so long to speak out? Uh, Well, their speaker was a student who talked about how much she basically hated the school, (laughs) hated military, hated the NYPD, also hated Israel. Uh, It was a hate-filled rant. And the scary thing is, during the commencement speak, other people were clapping. The students were clapping. They actually picked her. Uh, Here's a little sample of the speaker at a City University of New York commencement. And this is a stunner. And she talked about Jordan Neely. This is the very sad story, of course, of the homeless man who died on the subway. But listen to just some of the vitriol, again, at a commencement speech. Let us remember that Gaza just this week has been bombed with the world watching. That daily... Brown and black men are being murdered by the state at Rikers. That there are Palestinian political prisoners like HLF in U.S. prisons. That there are refugees at the southern border still locked up. That yesterday marked one year since the murder of U.S. journalist Shirin Abu Akleh. And that the murder of black men like Jordan Neely by a white man on a on the MTA is dignified by politicians like Eric Adams and Senator Chuck Schumer. This is an unbelievable moment. What does that say about American academia? We're going to be talking about that later on in the show, because to me that is reprehensible. And the sad, basically, acknowledgement of it all. She was picked by her peers, and they were clapping. You could hear nobody was booing her in the audience. They just thought it was a great thing. So we are going to talk about the sad state of affairs in American universities. And again, uh, the fact that this woman was allowed to speak, was picked to speak, is really the shocker of it all. Meantime, we are waiting now to see what happens with the FBI, because in a matter of hours, James Comer is going to be speaking to Christopher Ray, the FBI director. And everybody's wondering, will the FBI and particularly the FBI director, be held in contempt. What is taking the FBI so long to hand over this document? 
It is basically called a 1023. And what it is, is an interview with basically an informant giving information about an alleged bribery scheme, apparently tied to the big guy, Joe Biden, for five million bucks. Now, when you hear something like that, it comes from a very credible whistleblower. And now the House has been asking Of course, the Republican-led House has been asking the FBI, hey, we want to see this document. Let's find out, first of all, does the document exist? Second of all, was there any follow-up to these allegations by a credible individual? Did you look into it? Did you discount it? Did it actually turn out to be true? By the way, I think at minimum, we need to know the answer to all of those questions. So why is the FBI stonewalling? And now we are finding out that we may be hours away from potential votes taking place against the FBI. This would be historic, that basically they could try to hold the FBI director in contempt. And boy, would that be an extraordinary moment in American history. And if he doesn't turn over the document, I think he should be held in contempt because you can't play favorites anymore. There are so many great folks that are in the FBI and that are in the DOJ, but there is a lot of politicization at the top of both of those departments. And it seems that the FBI is picking and choosing which leads they want to follow, which ones they don't. Clearly, Merrick Garland, the attorney general, is doing that. And the American public has lost faith at so many levels of both of these departments. And that is a shame. Because there are great men and women that are working in these departments tirelessly. And yet the head of those departments, both of them seem to be playing footsie and politics big time. And when they have a request from the House, it should be, yeah, I'll hurry up and give it to you. What's the delay? What's the holdup? There should be zero delay. What are your thoughts as to why the FBI seems to be dragging its feet and doesn't seem to want to be handing over that 1023 document. Could they be hiding something? Could they be sitting on what could be a bombshell that they know could potentially bring down the current commander-in-chief? Or is it basically going to show that maybe the FBI just didn't follow up on the leads? Either they know that there's corruption, or they didn't even bother to check to discount it or to move it forward, that they just even want to check. But you know, if the last name was Trump, it would have been a whole different scenario. And that is what is so, so sad. And that's why the American public has lost trust in so many levels of the FBI. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Well, earlier today, I spoke with John Solomon of Just the News. He was on with me and John Katsimatidis on Cats and Cosby at 5 o'clock on WABC Radio. And this is what he had to say about James Comer and House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. Well, it's pretty clear now that House Speaker Kevin McCarthy and James Comer are ready and prepared uh, in moving towards finding FBI Director Chris Wray in contempt of Congress should he fail to produce this document that's been subpoenaed. Now, there's been several developments starting late Thursday through the weekend that have made this even more tantalizing, more interesting. When we first heard about this document, uh, it appeared that it was a single 
a confidential human source informant uh, that brought allegations of a pay-to-play bribery scheme involving President Joe Biden when he was vice president. The allegation is he, Joe Biden took actions as vice president to affect U.S. policy to benefit the uh, companies and people who are paying his family money overseas. Now we're being told that the FBI has made some comments that there may be multiple informant documents that match that description. They need to be more specific, meaning that maybe multiple informants came in in 2020 making allegations like that. That would be a a major development, one of the things that needs to be ironed out. And he said there are lots of layers to this that have yet to be figured out. But boy, this would be historic and it would be very rare that you would actually go after the FBI director. Here is Kevin McCarthy saying that he will not let this slide. Take a listen. Comer subpoenaed the document that he's requested. We have jurisdiction over the FBI, which they seem to act like we do not. I personally called uh, Director Ray and told him he needs to send that document. Today is the deadline. So let me not just tell you, let me tell Director Christopher Ray right here, right now. If he misses the deadline today, I am prepared to move contempt charges in Congress against him. We have jurisdiction over this. He can send us that document. We have the right to look at that, Republicans and Democrats alike in that committee. And if he does not follow through with the law, we will move contempt charges against Christopher Ray and the you FBI. Know what he says, they are Mr. not Speaker. above the law. They are not above the law, but boy, is the FBI acting like they are above the law. 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. And guess what? Congressman Greg Stubbe, a Republican also as well, uh, he said that he is already moving forward because he said he has seen enough. He has seen enough stonewalling by the FBI and enough partisanship by the FBI, that he said he is absolutely fed up. And over the weekend, he said that he is actually signing information to move forward with impeachment proceedings. Isn't that interesting that that could come before the impeachment proceedings of Mayorkas? Who would have thought that? I would have put a million bucks that Mayorkas would be the first one. But now Greg Stubbe is actually saying that Christopher Ray should be impeached if he refuses to hand over the document, which, by the way, he definitely did. The deadline was five o'clock today. It came and went. Here is Congressman Greg Stubbe. And there needs to be a reckoning for this. I've signed on to an impeachment uh, a bill for Director Ray. I think the House needs to move forward with this. We now have direct evidence that they are retaliating against whistleblowers who are protected under the law. Uh, via Congress. And we need to take action. If we don't, the American people uh, are just going to shake their head and wonder why Republicans are in charge of the House and nothing happens to the individuals that are violating our laws. Absolutely. Uh, The Republicans need to start really delivering. They've been in charge. Obviously, it hasn't been a long time, but it's been a while since January. So now it's time to put up or shut up. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. 9222. Let's go to Kevin in North Carolina. Kevin, your thoughts about what do you think should happen to Christopher Ray if he doesn't hand over the document? Well, you know, Rita, for sure, this is proof positive that Biden has committed a crime. And I'm surprised it hasn't gotten more attention than it is. Uh, if he can be impeached, I thought the contempt of Congress. Uh, due to the fact that Eric Holder, nothing happened to him. Uh, 
but I didn't know that there could be an impeachment either. Yeah, isn't that interesting? You certainly can impeach, especially somebody that had to go through the nomination process, which indeed he did. But you know what? You brought up a great example because all of that happened, remember, with Eric Holder on the Fast and Furious uh, that was tied to all the gun running and all that stuff. They had wanted him to testify. He defied it. Then they found they issued a subpoena. Then they issued him in contempt. Um, and still, just like you said, nothing happened. Um, so will this time be different? What yeah, do you think, yeah. Kevin? Right. So, right. So I know uh, with the Eric Holder situation, he just uh, ignored it and there was no consequences. OK, so that's what I thought about. This is the first thing that came to my mind with uh, the Joe, with the uh, impeachment of um, Christopher Ray, who's a disgrace. Um, but I hope there is something for they can do. I, I mean, I didn't realize that an impeachment was possible with with him. Yep, it is. It absolutely is. Uh, now, do you think let me ask you a question, Kevin, do you think that he really would be impeached or do you think it's just blustering uh, by the Republicans or do you think that this time they realize no, they got to do something? It, no, this group is different in um, the Republicans and the um, and McCarthy. This, this group would go after him because they've seen from past experience how uh, the Republicans lay back and don't follow through. This is a different group. I would love to see him get his comeuppance. He's so smug and arrogant, this guy. And uh, I just hope it catches on. Yeah, I do, too. I do, too. Because you know what? It's time to walk the walk and not just use the words. And if somebody is defying, especially on something as serious as this, um, and that's what makes this. This is coming, you know, from a whistleblower. I mean, this isn't just somebody just kind of coming up with the information. This is a whistleblower, a credible whistleblower who's a supervisor, by the way, um, already at the FBI. And he said, hey, by the way, everybody, there's this document that I saw and I have no idea what happened with it uh, because clearly it doesn't look like it was either followed through or they know it's true, but it's sitting there and it's coming from a credible informant. So, I mean, it's not just some hypothetical from somebody saying something or a Republican or whatever. This is a seasoned, you know, FBI agent who is making these claims. And there to me, you know, Kevin, to me, the idea of a president and at the time he was vice president, because this goes back several years, that to me, if indeed our vice president made some deal and the allegation is that he changed policy and it was clear that he changed policy, according to this allegation. Again, we don't know if it's just an allegation at this point, but that there was some five million dollar exchange of hands for a change of policy dealing with a rogue government. And if they can prove that and apparently goes directly to Joe Biden or if it wasn't even looked into. Uh, either way, that says an awful lot. And apparently there were so many allegations of corruption against Biden uh, that James Comer had to say, you know, let's narrow it down to allegations at this date and allegations for the amount of five million, because just the window of the date, you know, was like within a few like of a few weeks time. Apparently there were so many allegations of corruption that it was too many documents. So they had to narrow it down to five million on this date, on this time. Boy. Uh, that doesn't speak well of our current president of the United States. And to me, there could be no bigger deceit of the American public if there is a president who sold out to a rogue regime for money. And if it's in writing and the FBI sat on it. Wow. 
This could be a bombshell. We're going to continue with your calls after the break, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. It is an incredible moment in American history because depending how a phone call goes tomorrow between James Comer and FBI Director for Christopher Wray, there is a chance that if Comer doesn't get the goods, he was supposed to get this secret document that was a secret document, which, by the way, uh, is not supposed to be classified. So technically, the FBI should be able to hand it over. They haven't said it doesn't exist, so it sounds like it does exist. Uh, The deadline was today at 5 o'clock. It came and went. And now tomorrow, James Comer is speaking to the head of the FBI, Christopher Wray. And depending how that call goes, uh, we could hear that even as early as tomorrow, there could be contempt charges filed against the the director of the FBI, who may be the former one if he gets impeached. Who knows? But what is Christopher Wray hiding? And boy, this could be a bombshell because, again, it comes from a whistleblower who's saying it's tied to a $5 million deal. Uh, The document's supposed to be an FD-1023, which allegedly outlines a scheme involving an exchange for money for policy decisions that have said to have been created or modified on June 30th, 2023. So very interesting information. And again, all tied to Joe Biden. What is the FBI hiding and what should the repercussions be? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Larry. Line three. Larry, your thoughts. Really, I just have one question. You know, you could say if, if, if till the cows come home. But what I want to know is if this document was not classified and this whistleblower had a a supervisor position, why couldn't he take the document out of the FBI himself? Well, he's he not allowed to. Oh, he would have gotten in big time trouble just what? because just because it's not uh, classified technically anymore, reportedly. Uh, it doesn't mean he has the right to just take documents out of the FBI. It's still information. It doesn't mean it's supposed to be out there everywhere. That This is a little Wait different a than all the presidential documents, Larry. You can't just walk out of documents even if they're unclassified. You can't take an it's FBI that- document. You, you don't have a right Rita, to, even if you're a supervisor, Larry. You know that. Rita, if it's evidence of a crime... Then you're then you're protected. This is evidence of a crime. Not necessarily, Larry. Not necessarily. And two things. First off, what we don't know. Your your question is is an interesting and a good one, Larry. For for one reason and and for several reasons. One is we don't know if he saw the document at the time and now doesn't. Maybe he hasn't been there in a while where he doesn't have access to the document. Two. 
you can't just walk out with a document. Maybe he might have wanted to take a picture or do something like that and show it to Congress. There are layers, just like you're talking about with whistleblower protection or evidence of a crime, but it doesn't still give him the right to walk out with it. On the other hand, he may not have had access to the document. We don't know that at the time. We do know that he's claiming he saw the document, and right now it looks like it does exist. They don't seem to be fighting him on its existence. Uh, but that is a great, great point and, and a big question because um, don't you think it's time the FBI handed over, Larry? I mean, this is crazy that they're, like, playing these games. What do you make of this this back and forth that the FBI is not, not handing it over right now? Well, first of all, Christopher Ray is part of the deep state. I believe that uh, that Chris Christie uh, took revenge on Trump by suggesting him, by referring him as the FBI director, and Trump took the bait. And but, I think that and- Chris Christie is afraid of, of the repercussions from the deep state himself. And you are right that you're right. Chris Christie is the guy who referred him. And of course, Chris Christie and Trump aren't so close anymore. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, a powerful story coming from Colchester, Vermont, where two children who were spotted clinging to a sinking canoe off the coast of Colchester, Vermont, were rescued by police on Monday evening. Now, the Colchester Police Department said that its Marine unit was patrolling Mallets Bay near Porter Point when they noticed that the two children were holding on to the boat, which was almost underwater. A police corporal immediately worked to pull the children out. Now, the two children, who were in very deep water, said that they left a nearby camp without adults there knowing. Now, the canoe capsized because of the wind and their life jackets were not properly buckled. Someone who saw the children being helped by the police officer brought them back to the shore on his jet ski. And although the children showed signs of cold water exposure, they were checked out, found to be okay, and thankfully both were released by the rescue squad. Uh, Amazing work and bravo to the great officers there at the Colchester, Vermont Police Department to be there just in the nick of time. And everybody, we are talking about the fact that it looks like that James Comer, who is one of the head of the House committees, that it looks like he is about to hold Christopher Wray, the head of the FBI, in contempt. This is a dramatic moment, and boy, what a showdown this has been. And this comes on the heels as we are told that the FBI has this document. And Larry brought up a good point. How come the guy didn't take the document? Uh, How come he doesn't have an image of the document? But apparently it looks like the document does exist, because otherwise Christopher Ray would just say, no, we don't have this document that the uh, informant is talking about. And apparently it involves information that an informant provided to the FBI, and it ties with a pay-for-play scheme basically tied to the President of the United States, who at the time was Vice President, with a $5 million price tag. So now Comer said today the deadline was at 5 o'clock Eastern time, which was several hours ago, and he says he has gotten no indication from FBI Director Christopher Wray 
that they will comply with providing this document. This was the final document because they kept extending the deadline to give the FBI a little more time. And the FBI has made it clear that it will not meet that information. So now this is what James Comer put out just a little bit ago today. The FBI informed the committee that it will not provide the unclassified documents subpoenaed by the committee. This is stunning. The FBI's decision to stiff arm Congress and to hide this information from the American people is obstructionist and unacceptable. He has a call scheduled, as he mentioned, tomorrow. But he says the committee has been clear in its intent to protect congressional oversight authorities and will now be taking steps to hold the FBI director in contempt of Congress for refusing to comply with a lawful subpoena. This is a stunning moment in American history. If indeed, as early as tomorrow, they could move forward with potential contempt charges against the current sitting FBI director of the United States. And what does Ray have? The more I hear of this, the more suspicious I am that there is something absolutely damning uh, against the president of the United States. Because why wouldn't you just say, hey, here's the document. Uh, Let's keep it confidential, even if it isn't technically, quote, classified. Keep it confidential. We'll share it with you. If there's nothing there, share it. Or if it was like a fake lead, hey, yeah, we looked at this. There's nothing. The fact that they are not handing it over to me says to me that there may be something absolutely damning and absolutely potentially compromising the president of the United States. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Jacqueline, line seven. Jacqueline, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. Well, I've got a few thoughts. I'm never short on thoughts. Uh, impeachment is too good for Christopher Ray. And how does Larry know that the whistleblower didn't make copies or take photographs of those documents? That's a great point. He might have, and maybe that's why Comer and those people feel so confident about its existence. You're right. He might. Not, not only that, I heard the interview uh, with you and John, uh, with John Solomon, yep. and posed the question, who would arrest the FBI director? How about the military? How about the Army? That's part of the federal government. Um, as far as... By, by the way, is, it was an interesting premise. I was about to bring that up, and I'm glad you brought that up, Jacqueline, because can you imagine if the FBI director needs to be arrested for being in contempt of Congress? Who issues that? What, are you going to send a lowly deputy to Christopher Ray's house? You know, it was an interesting question posed by John Katsimatidis. I thought it was a, it was a, a wild one. I mean, is it, is it, it's an interesting premise, but you got the top law enforcement official in America, essentially, and you know that uh, Garland is not going to be helping whatsoever. He, he, he doesn't help in anything with a Republican attached to it. Um, so he's not going to help do anything to bring in Ray to justice. So what does Ray just kind of keep snuffing his nose at Congress? Where do you see this going? Well, I tell you, Christopher Ray really needs to be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. And he needs to go to jail for the maximum amount of time that the law would allow. Congress needs to make an example out of him, not make the same mistake that they did with Eric the Withholder. No one held him accountable, and Congress needs to treat him, meaning um, Christopher Wray, the same way everyone who was associated with President Trump was treated, like Peter Navarro, Steve Bannon, Roger Stone, 
and the peaceful Christians who prayed at abortion centers, as well as the parents who spoke out at school boards. And Ray is basically covering for the Biden crime family by withholding those documents. That's the proof that the current occupant of the Oval Office took the money, probably from Ukraine, as vice president under Obama, the other wheel uh, in the Obama-Biden-Clinton crime family. And now, as the current occupant of the Oval Office, he has provided Ukraine with both cash and weapons, totaling over $500 billion, with a B, billion dollars, with no questions asked. Yeah, and that's what's been, there's been no oversight. And this document, I'm glad you brought up Ukraine, too, by the way, because they believe, John Solomon believes, that this document is somehow tied to Ukraine, um, which is really interesting. So it kind of goes back, just like you said, you know, he seems to be giving, um, you know, unlimited money, um, unlimited aid to Ukraine. I think it's important we kick Russia's butt, by the way. So I, I'm not getting into the philosophy of the war, but but there is seem to be this like here, give them as much as they need, blah blah blah. No oversight uh, by this administration. And remember that. Remember Jacqueline that moment. Um, and uh, we talked about it earlier today too. I don't know if you heard this too, but I thought it was fascinating. You know that moment where um, Biden said, you know, he was vice president at the time. And the prosecutor who was investigating his son tied to Burisma, that corrupt Ukrainian energy company, because there is a lot of corruption in the governments of Ukraine. There's no doubt about it. There's a history of corruption there. Um, But tied to all of that, um, remember the prosecutor who was looking at the son and he said, clear as day Biden at that event, he's like, "Uh, you know, I said, God, if you don't get rid of that guy uh, and then son of a bee. The guy was fired, you know, like, I mean, talk about putting pressure, all of those things. And now we're hearing that there's some five million dollar bribery scheme that it seems like the FBI director is really willing to risk his career on to hide it, which makes me think there's something really big here, because if there wasn't anything, he would just say, hey, here it is. No big deal. But it, but like you're connecting the dots with Ukraine. You look at the timing of what's going on with you. There's just so many things here. It just stinks. It really smells bad, Jacqueline, and it, and it makes me think that there's something really big here that they're covering up. Your thoughts? Rita, I heard the whole show from 5 to 6, uh, Katz and Cosby, and um, this uh, Biden actually made a demand that that person be fired or else he was going to withhold the funding. He yes. He was going to withhold the money. Yes. I mean, cr- criminal, criminal, criminal. <laughs> you see Biden's face? criminal right it it is it is a stunning moment and the fact that uh they are hiding it and not offering it really really uh just uh pumps it up and makes me think that there is something there um thank you jacqueline very very much we really appreciate it uh let's go to tony line six tony your thoughts hi great great call on that jacqueline and so i remember watergate Rita, and I remember what Watergate, it was a president, it wasn't a direct FBI director, but remember they wanted the tapes because they heard about the tapes, John Dean had written them all up, but no one had the physical tapes. And the, the um, Congress subpoenaed him several times and he was found in contempt, but at the end of the day, this whole thing with the tapes made him resign. 
And so as I'm looking at it, if you're found in contempt of Congress, as I've read, they have to take a strict call. If he doesn't do anything and give them up, they could put him in jail. It's their call, jail and fine. Or if he really gets cornered, we can only hope he can he can say, here's the tapes and guess what? That's the end of me. Because they could do like they did to Nixon, if you remember. They cornered him out. Yes, absolutely. And then he finally conceded, oh, yeah. And then remember, there was some missing parts of the tape, too, coincidentally, Ro- you know? Ro- Rosemary Woods uh, messed yep. him up. So, yep, yep. So you see, so you see, this could be the thing that corners him. And if not, they better give him some jail time. And that's all I have to say, Rita. Yeah, and you think about it, if the name was Trump or if this was the Trump administration, the other thing I think about, Tony, is where's the media today? I mean, uh, you know, a number of people are covering it. You know, um, you see a number of the conservative media covering but you don't even see it at all. Unlike, you know, like as if it doesn't even exist on like MSNBC or CNN. I mean, it it is just shameful. Journalists need to do their jobs and hold the presidency accountable. And that includes the FBI, the administration, the DOJ, all these layers to it. Tony, thank you very, very much. Great call. Um, let's go to, let's go to Robert, uh, line three. Robert, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. You know, this reminds me of the hearings before Congress. Every administration official has stymied and tried to go around it. They didn't answer questions. It was just like your interview with uh, Cuomo, actually. Cuomo answered your questions like he was one of the cabinet members who was being questioned. Christopher Ray. You mean uh, believe, you mean the rope dope? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, where they <laughs> keep changing the subject and they never give you direct answers. They always walk around it. This is obstruction. It is obstruction. And guess what? They have a responsibility too. That's the other issue, Robert. They have a responsibility. When Congress says to you, you need to turn over this document, you have a protected whistleblower who is saying it exists. They're not denying it exists. Uh, I couldn't be more crystal clear. They have a compliance where they must, must, must comply. There is no gray. Uh, The question is, how far will this go? And I think at this point, uh, Christopher Wray is risking his reputation and the reputation of the FBI. Uh, Let's go to Jason in Oklahoma, Line 7. Jason, your thoughts? Yes. Hi, Rita. Thank you for taking the call. You're welcome. Uh, What what I want to ask Comer and, uh, you know, everybody that is involved in this, what took them so long? They knew Ray was corrupt. They knew he was working for Biden. Why didn't they try to impeach him a long time ago and call him in? Well, for, you, you for, need well, you, you need know. you need an example, you know. Like well, I, I'm not saying you. I'm saying one. they need the, the well, the whistleblowers. And I understood, if I'm correct, that there was more than one even before. Well, yes. What you do, you know, what I'm saying. If I was the, in the Congress, me or you, okay, I wouldn't stop there. I would just keep on insisting and insisting. 
you got to be persistent. Well, that's, well, that's what they're them, doing, the Jason. Whistleblowers coming through, forward and, and protecting them and not worry about what the FBI is saying or Ray or what President Biden is saying. They, like you just said, I've heard you many a time say this, Rita, that if it was Trump, he would already be impeached or put in jail. Okay, they would do right now. If it was reversed, it was the Democrats after the Republican, uh, uh, you know, uh, district attorney or the in charge of the FBI, they would already have him in jail. One thousand percent, Jason. One one thousand percent, Jason. And you know what? The problem is you usually would not impeach over testimony. What you might impeach over is documents. And even more so, because you could say that the whistleblowers, even though they're obviously credible, they were at the FBI or at the IRS in other cases, too. And there are multiple ones, as you brought up. Um, But when there's a lot more, it almost takes it to a whole other, more tangible level when they say, hey, there is a document that comes from a credible informant. The document exists. And now we're having the FBI refusing to turn over the document. Um, so it's well beyond hearsay or somebody's opinion because you could say, well, maybe that whistleblower is a grudge, uh, even though they were a supervisor. Maybe they're making it up or maybe who knows what. Um, but when you have somebody saying, hey, there's a document, and especially if they can prove that the document exists and they are not handing it over, it really, I think, just takes it to a whole other level. And especially if you're going to go after a cabinet official, I do believe the standard should be high. But I think this is an enormously serious uh, high level. So I, I hear you, Jason, and I think uh, this could be the end of Christopher Ray. And sadly, this is really hurting the image of the FBI. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show. In the next hour, we're going to be talking about this loony Kazuni commencement speaker at CUNY. How do you like that rhyming? Well, the commencement speaker there, who's a law school grad, spewing just horrible vitriol that was anti-cop, that was anti-Israel. It was anti-CUNY even, too. And it was just disgusting. And a number of Democrats have come out and condemned it. Finally, the school is also condemning it. But what took him so long? It took him over two weeks. And how did this person get picked as a commencement speaker? Apparently, the vetting process is it has to go through uh, at least a basically a staff member has to approve the speech. They knew who this person was and her beliefs. So how did she get picked? We're going to find out about that. And is this indicative, sadly, of American education? one eight hundred eight four eight nine two 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 one eight hundred eight four eight nine two 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 meantime we are saying that the FBI director may be hours away from a referral to have him held in contempt of Congress for not handing over a document that reportedly shows a pay for play money scheme 
involving $5 million bucks and Joe Biden. Here is John Solomon, great investigative journalist, talking about James Comer and what he is prepared to do. Comer is going to uh, meet with Chris Ray tomorrow morning. And uh, the outcome of that call will determine whether they move right to contempt or whether there's a deal to be made. The FBI director clearly taking this serious enough to actually meet with the committee chairman. He also talked with Kevin McCarthy and promised his cooperation over a week ago. Obviously, that didn't happen. So now they're down to the wire. And uh, my understanding is James Comer is already preparing contempt proceedings just in case tomorrow's meeting doesn't go well. This could be a bombshell. Let's go to George, line one. George, real quick, your thoughts. Yeah, so uh, my question is after the, he says go to hell to Homer and all that, um, what is the recourse of the Congress to put the cuffs on him? Who who actually does that? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, you know, it, and actually sure. they're looking into it. it I mean, that's it could potentially, line. you're right. Uh, maybe it's, uh, you know, a local deputy. Uh, it may be somebody with, uh, you know, uh, tied with Congress. Um, it, I mean, there's a whole bunch. They're actually looking into it. And I don't know the answer to that. But there are a number of folks who are looking who would actually, if he, you're right, if he doesn't comply, who gets the assignment of cuffing uh, the FBI director, especially on something as serious as this. Uh, the fact that he's not cooperating to me just stinks. It really smells, George. Um, and boy, could this be a historic, historic moment. Uh, Jimmy, real quick, line three. Jimmy, your thoughts. The Justice Department obstructing justice. What a mess. The Navy SEALs should arrest Christopher Ray. You know, another thing about Christopher Ray, he attended the World Economic Forum. Now, if J. Edgar Hoover went to the World Economic Forum, he'd be trying to take names and recruit agents. Uh, Ray went there supporting this movement that's working against America, the world government movement. U.S. intelligence is not very intelligent. When they go after MAGA, boy, we are in big trouble. The FBI used to work to defend America. The CIA used to work to defend America. Now they work against MAGA. They're working against the Catholic Church. We're in a mess. The enemy is in control here. We are in a mess. Wow, Jimmy, great to hear your thoughts. And you're right. It is so disheartening to hear that it is the FBI that is refusing to hand over. We're going to talk about the loony, kazuni, cuny speaker. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. There is outrage tonight that the City University of New York be stripped of billions of dollars in tax money uh, because they are stunned that the City University of New York uh, would have as its commencement speaker a law school graduate who spewed some of the most disgusting venom that I have heard from any student ever. And I've heard a lot of it. I mean, this is really stunning. A commencement speech is supposed to be positive. It's supposed to be uplifting. It's supposed to be inspiring. It's supposed to be a message that they can take away 
and use some nugget that helps them to galvanize and do positive things in life, not to spew vile and hatred and just blast everything from the police to the military to the school itself to Israel. Nothing was off limits. Uh, And this, to me, is a shameful display of American education. This is shocking. The speaker that they have is a woman who was from Yemen and apparently was picked by her fellow classmates. So, boy, what does that say about the rest of the classmates that say, God, this is the one I want to have represent my class? That is a sad testament. The woman's name is Fatima Musa Muhammad. She is from Yemen and, again, was picked by her fellow students. Usually the protocol, by the way, at the City University of New York is that the speaker usually has to provide a speech ahead of time to at least several faculty members that they have to approve the speech. And by the way, it wouldn't be surprising to me that that was the protocol this go-round. Last year, get this, apparently the speaker was also someone who was bashing Israel too as well. It was a student speaker uh, by the name of Nordine Kizwani. She used her commencement speech to complain about, quote, a campaign of Zionist harassment by well-funded organizations with ties to the Israeli government and military on the basis of my Palestinian identity and organizing. That was the commencement speech last year. If you think that wasn't bad enough, they said, let's double down and let's get the most vile person we can this year. And boy, did they deliver. This woman who spoke at the graduation on May 12th is shameful. Listen to what she had to say. Here she is in her commencement speech talking to a packed room of students and faculty. And the scary thing is nobody's booing her. They're clapping. They're applauding. They're saying, wow, this really sounds great. So not only am I fearful of the mental capacity of this woman. What about who's in the audience clapping like lemons? I mean, this to me is shocking. Listen, here she is bashing ICE, Immigrations and Custom Enforcement, and also, by the way, bashing in the same breath police, and she also bashes her university, the city, University of New York, commencement speaker. Again, take a listen. We are the class... We are the class that fought for incarcerated clients and zealously filed for their clemency applications with nearly zero institutional support. We are the class that fought for, for clients to get asylum, that went to court to reunite families torn apart by ACS and the family surveillance. We are the class that organized against using Lexis, a legal research company contracted with ICE. And we did all of this in spite of the racism, in spite of the selective activism, the self-serving interests of CUNY Central, an institution that continues to fail us, that continues to train and cooperate with the fascist NYPD. With the fascist NYPD. What a disgusting human being this woman is. And here's a little bit more where now she blasts Israel. This is a commencement speaker. Give me a break. That this is the law school that passed and endorsed BDS on a student and faculty level. 
Recognizing that absent a critical imperialism settler colonialism lens, our work and this school's mission statement is void of value. That as Israel continues to indiscriminately rain bullets and bombs on worshipers, murdering the old, the young, attacking even funerals and graveyards as it encourages lynch mobs to target Palestinian homes and businesses as it imprisons its children, as it continues its project of settler colonialism, expelling Palestinians from their homes, carrying the ongoing Nakba, that our silent is no, that our silence is no longer acceptable. I thought it was Rashida Tlaib. No, it's not her. It is a student speaker uh, who was doing the commencement. That is shameful that they first picked her because what they think that she's like the most eloquent of the speakers. She speaks for the students. How scary. What are our students learning at the City University of New York? And here is also, by the way, the speaker who didn't even hold back on how she feels about the City University of New York law program of which she just graduated. Like many of you, I chose CUNY School of Law for its articulated mission to be law in the service of human needs. One of very few legal institutions created to recognize that the law is a manifestation of white supremacy that continues to oppress and suppress people in this nation and around the world. So here's what I think. Take the degree back from her and find out who was clapping in the audience and take their degree back. They're ungrateful. They think that like uh, CUNY is filled of white supremacy. They allowed her to speak. Oh, my goodness. And the fact that this is who they pick to speak that they think like represents the best of them, uh, they need a lobotomy. Here is Emily Campagno. She is a Fox News host. And this is what she had to say earlier today of what she thinks about these graduate students. You know, what I found fascinating as well is the stark contrast between the delusion being put forth at that little pulpit there and the real world. Yeah. Because in the real world, when they graduate and, and presumably about half will pass the bar, statistically, uh, then they're going to have to work with all of those groups. Yes. Then patent cancellation, rejection, or boycotting won't just be the answer to when you arrive in court, when you're representing your um, clients and the like. It's just such a fantasy land that these guys live in, one filled and fueled by hatred and violence. And Kellyanne Conway was a little more blunt at her reaction. This commencement speaker did not say, vote Democrat or Donald Trump ad. She's an anti-Semite. Her message was she's called for revolution. She said, fuel the fire. These are fighting words. This is a state-run, taxpayer-funded university law school. Um, if she could be seen as a state actor, I think they've got big problems here. Exactly. And now there was word uh, that in the last few hours uh, that the head of CUNY has finally come out over two weeks late complaining, basically saying that, you know, People are allowed to First Amendment rights, but that you are not allowed to spew hate. Uh, what took them so long? First of all, if you look at who the speaker was last year, that should have been an indication that there should have been better screening. You allowed that to happen, and now this happens. And then in addition to that, this had to have been screened by a staff member. Who's the staff member? I'd love to know. what. Who is the faculty member that thought this was a brilliant speech? And clearly this woman with her very... Uh, she hasn't held back on anything. I'm sure she was just saying this if you stopped her in the hallway there at, at CUNY. 
I don't think this this was a mystery what she was going to say, where she was coming from, or any of this. So there's a lot of people that bear responsibility for this shameful display. And it's just because they got hammered by politicians on the left and the right appropriately that now they're like, oh, well, maybe it's not a good idea. Or they're worried about funding being pulled. This is shameful. To his credit, Mayor Eric Adams came out and said, quote, we cannot allow words of negativity and divisiveness to be the only ones that our students hear. Bravo. Thank goodness he said that. We also heard from other folks. We heard from Simcha Eichenstein. Okay, this is another New York politician, Democrat, saying this hate-filled and dangerous speech has been brought to you by CUNY. And paid for by New York taxpayers. Because, again, remember, it is a state school. And Congressman Richie Torres, congressman of New York, said, Imagine being so crazed by hatred for Israel as a Jewish state that you make it the subject of your commencement speech at a law school graduation. Bravo to these folks for speaking out and condemning the disgusting hate. What should happen to CUNY and what is your reaction to the fact that this person was picked as the commencement speaker earlier this month and the group was clapping like lemons thinking this was a great, great speech? There are so many scary things on so many levels about this, I think. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Mike. Line five. Mike, your thoughts about this? Hey, Rita, you know, it's it's unbelievable. Truth is stranger than fiction. And this law school graduate, she is a skivats. She's disgraciad. She's a disciple of uh, the worst Reverend Racist Sharpton and AOC. This, the words that she spewed, hatred, fascist NYPD, hatred against Israel on a rant and a rave. Give me a break. And you're right, Rita. What about the people in the audience? You know, uh, applauding. They should take, you know, her degree away, the commencement speaker. They were doubling down, like you said, like I used to do on blackjack. You know, double down. This is totally outrageous. And also, I'll leave you with this. Uh, the machete attack. You know, a, per, a lady of color, I believe Latina. There's another Hunter College. That's the climate we live in. That's the, you know, disgusting climate. We live in. And how, you know, what, what does that say about future generations, Mike? I mean, you know, think about this. This is a law school. An educated person goes through law school, just got the degree. Uh, not only is she calling, she also, by the way, you left out, she called CUNY a uh, white supremacy school, basically. I mean, I mean, it's, it's like it, there's so many, first of all, shameful, disgusting, uh, vile. Who vetted her? Who were the people clapping? I agree. I think take her law degree away. And I also think find out who vetted her. Who? I mean, it was a group. Clearly students picked her. I mean, this. who are the students who picked her? And didn't somebody say, wait a minute, this girl, um, she's from Yemen. She's very vocal on her beliefs. I don't, I again, Mike, you know, I don't know this woman, but by how easy it was for her to just spew this disgusting hatred in so many different directions, I tend to think if you stopped her in the hallway and said, hey, what are you going to talk about? Oh, I'm going to talk about white supremacy. I think she probably would have said it. And somebody should have said, maybe this isn't a good idea. I mean, 
Who who in their right mind would pick this person? And that is a frightening testament of what's going on in American education. Your thoughts? You know, you hit the nail on the head, Rita. And who are the, uh, you know, who are the uh, geniuses that selected her for the commencement speech? I'm sure she, you know, she waxed poetic to them and said, oh, no, I'm going to talk about this. Outrageous, a disciple of AOC, you know, and, and, and the, the ultimate race is Sharpton. And this is just, you know, uh, a slice of life for CUNY students and what they see, what they learn. It's supposed to be, you know, uh, you know uh, education on a college level. I mean, have some discretion, have some class. There, I can use Italian again. Totally disgraziad and skivats. Good words. You know? Good words, Mike. Thank you very much. Let's go to Mike, line six. Uh, Mike, your thoughts. I mean, Frank, sorry, Frank, your thoughts. Oh, uh, uh, yes. Um, I, I read that whole thing in the New York Post and on uh, Fox, the whole story. It's, she is so brainwashed in the way she's talking about the police, the military, and capitalism in general. And, and she just brings up white supremacy, which is something like, like some comic book type of thing. She doesn't even know, like, know really what it is. She'll probably end up as a public defender. That's what she's going to do. She'll work. You know what she'll fine. do? She'll get a great position under Alvin Bragg. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that, and she's going to be be instrumental in putting more criminals back on the streets because that's what she cares about, the criminals and not the victims. She's so brainwashed. She hates America, just like Ilhan Omar and, and Tlaib, uh, the, the, the three of them. Now she could join the other two in, in hating the country, hating Israel. Imagine being a Jewish person and you're sitting in the audience and you graduated school and you have to hear this stuff and everybody's cheering around you and you don't stand up and say, get off the stage. You're right. And by the way, I'm curious, Frank, did anybody walk out of that speech? Uh, because it is the City University of New York and there are all faiths, uh, all colors, all creeds there. Did anybody walk out? If I had heard that speech, I would have walked out. I would have said, are you are you kidding me? I would have thought it was like a, a parody or something that I, I, I wouldn't almost believe my ears and I would just be so stunned. So were there people who walked out? Were there school people that protested? We got to get to the bottom of this. Great points, Frank. one 800 848 The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. talking about the Looney Kazuni speaker that the City University of New York, which gets lots of money uh, from the state. Well, now this speaker spewed on and on and on some of the most vile things you ever hear at any event. Uh, And somebody just brought up uh, she could become a member of the squad. She would be perfect. She'd be perfect working in Alvin Bragg's office with the kind of vitriol that we just heard, and maybe she'll become a squadette. That's what I think I'm going to start calling her. The 1-800-848-9222 is the number to call. 1-800-848-9222. Uh, let's go to Russ, line one. Russ, your thoughts. Hey, Rita, it could be worse at CUNY Law. They could ask me to be the commencement speaker next year. Although, by the way, Russ, that yeah. I would like to hear, because you, oh. you're you an interesting guy. This woman like was like, 
vile, and uh, it seemed like there was no break from the comments. I, you know, that, I am, your speech would be a good one. That would be a good one, Russ. I, I, I could share the podium with you as Trump voters. Both of us are Trump voters. Hey, but did you hear about Norman's ed- educational pedigree, which included Allen Ginsberg teaching him English at Brooklyn College? No, but but that's interesting. We'll have to ask him about that. That'll be interesting. Yeah. So, well, what did I you think... make of the CUNY speaker, Russ? What did you think? Okay, okay, I'll get right to the point. You know, you know, this guy Jefferson said the tree of liberty should be uh, refreshed with blood of tyrants and patriots. Right? He's a revolutionary. But this woman, uh, she never mentioned Jewish people. The speech is only about fifteen minutes long. I listened to it. She never mentioned Jewish people. And, you know, for her to say she's against fascist NYPD, well, of course, not all, not all police are fascists and not all people in Israel, you know, not all Jews support Israel. So I think it's wrong to say that she was racist. She only said she was proud of BDS, the, the school pursued BDS. You know that the BDS is BDS is like is like so anti-Israel. And Russ, I got to stop you right there because okay. yeah, that, that's like uh, I'm put it nicely. A bunch of hogwash, okay? Because she said CUNY law is a manifestation of white supremacy. So that is a little racist. That's a school that just gave her a law degree and gave her opportunities that she certainly couldn't get in Yemen uh, to begin with, all right? And then she went on and on and on talking about the attacks on Palestinians. She also said police, uh, we fought against ICE for asylum and racist police and fascist police. This is someone who's speaking to students, and they were clapping for her. That is shameful, Russ. I've heard that over and over. Let me address each one. You know, she's from Queens, I'm, not from I'm Yemen. Not, I'm not going to. I'm not going to argue over like okay. the the con. Right. Just the fact that she became the speaker, Russ. You got to be kidding me. Commencement should be a uh, good okay. luck, grads. We love you. Best okay. of luck in the future. Don't you think, Russ? Yeah, I think so. And you're my Polish American princess still. Thank you, Russ. And by the way, if you were speaking, I would show up and I would clap for that. I'd walk out of this one because this one was distasteful, but never for you, Russ. 1-800-848-9222, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in support, our heroes tonight, which I love doing every night here, honoring our great military and their families. A powerful story coming from Solana Beach, California, where a 100-year-old World War II veteran was honored by the city during their Memorial Day ceremonies. Wanda Foreman, who served as a petty officer, third class in the Navy, was the city's guest of honor during their ceremony, she spoke briefly while accepting the award, saying, quote, I thank you all for coming. And it's absolutely wonderful to see these veterans. God bless you all. Now, Foreman, by the way, worked as an IBM key punch operator during her military tenure, sending news home to the families of soldiers killed in combat, as well as those who received a raise. She said, you got very depressed with all the loss of family and to have to tell somebody the sad news. She also said, when we were 18, you got a number and you were called to serve. She said, my brother was the first to go. He got back safely, but a lot of his friends did not. 
now celebrating her 100th birthday also on Saturday. The centenarian Wanda said she still lives alone and clearly is as sharp as a tack. By the way, uh, as per the VFW, the Veterans of Foreign Wars, of the 16 million men and women who served in World War II, fewer than 100,000 are still with us today. And wow, how beautiful to get to know Wanda Foreman 100 years young and how beautiful that she was honored this week and also celebrated her 100th birthday. Well, we are talking about the hate-filled rhetoric by this speaker at the City University of New York. I want to play cut number one. Uh, This is her talking about the Jordan Neely case. This is, of course, the homeless guy who uh, was put in the chokehold by the Marine on the subway after he was saying, I'm going to kill all you mother blanks. Um, and I don't care if I go to jail the rest of my life. But listen to the way this student, again, who is the commencement speaker at the City University of New York, how she framed the case for all her lemmings in the audience that were clapping left and right, thinking this is some great commencement speech. Let us remember that Gaza just this week has been bombed with the world watching. That daily brown and black men are being murdered by the state at Rikers. That there are Palestinian political prisoners like HLF in U.S. prisons. That there are refugees at the southern border still locked up. That yesterday marked one year since the murder of U.S. journalist Shirin Abu Akleh. And that the murder of black men like Jordan Neely by a white man on a on the MTA is dignified by politicians like Eric Adams and Senator Chuck Schumer. And things were so disgusting there. Did you hear she called out Eric Adams and Chuck Schumer? Everything was on the table with this woman. Again, I can't believe this was actually the speaker at the commencement at the City University of New York Law School graduate, again, who I think will work for Alvin Bragg and probably be one of his proud public defenders based on the way uh, that she is handling things and her lack of appreciation of the safety of the streets of New York. But anyway, anyway, here is Eric Adams, by the way, to his credit, who gave a very powerful speech yesterday at the Intrepid, which is, uh, you know, the ship, the retired ship there uh, that definitely saw battle and now is a floating museum in New York. And he spoke at a Memorial Day event there on the Intrepid. And listen to him. It sure sounds like maybe he's making some comments against speakers like this commencement speaker and maybe members of the squad. Bravo, New York City Mayor Eric Adams. You wanted a tree of freedom with your blood. We sit under the shade of that tree of freedom, protected from the hot rays of socialism and communism and destruction that's playing out across the globe. Wow, there it is, a Democratic New York City mayor going after the socialism and the communism. Not that's just happening around the globe, but that's happening at the City University of New York based on this commencement speaker. And here is Eric Adams with what I thought was a really inspiring and powerful speech at the Intrepid. This is the kind of speaker that CUNY should have had speaking at this law school graduation. He spoke, by the way, at another event where they turned their backs on him and they were booing him. Uh, What kind of uh, hogwash is that? This is the kind of speech that that should have been the focus of a commencement speech anywhere, not 
this vial that we heard from this woman. Listen, here's a little more of Eric Adams. The assignment today is to take a moment as we go home and read through the national anthem. We often hear the words in a chorus, but each word is so significant. And yes, soldiers are forged, but also patriotism is forged. Our young people don't know the rich history of the men and women who allow us to sit under the tree of freedom because they watered that tree with their blood. They don't know what it is to understand just how special this country is. Yes, we have challenges. And I like to believe that we are a symbol of what the intrepid is to the entire fleet. Under attack during Pearl Harbor by sea and air, continue to forge ahead regardless of the difficulties that it was facing. Continue to show the resiliency of what our Navy and our five other armed forces represent. We too are that. This is a Pearl Harbor moment. As our national anthem states, bomb burst in air gave proof through the night that our flag was still there. We're not only talking about physical bombs. We're talking about the bombs of uncertainty, of crisis, of turmoil, of uprising. The bombs that can have an impact on how we feel. Bravo to Eric Adams. That was a great speech. And a powerful speech, again, from an African-American Democratic mayor of New York City. Contrast that with the vile retriol that we heard from this woman, this law school grad who was the commencement speaker at the City University of New York. Shame on her. And Charles Payne on Fox News had this to say about how important it is to bring back patriotism in America, appreciation of country, not this woman who's like blasting everything, not just the military. She's blasting again, as we heard the NYPD blasting Israel, no self-awareness. And here is Charles Payne saying it's important that we care about our country again. This is cut number 11. The day after Memorial Day and, you know, honoring those who died to keep us uh, free and have these kind of conversations it's everything. I mean, we're, we're grown. The world is never up. You know, just it's just never idyllic. Right. There's always something going on. There's always someone plotting. There's it's never settled. Uh, and because we are sort of like it or not, we're the world's policemen. But we're also, you know, we want to have a safer place for our own families and homes. And it, it means that each generation has to step to the plate. And I just think that this the younger generations have been told, hey, uh, you know, it's not a big deal. Yeah, it is not a big deal. And I guess it's not a big deal if you want to go and blast even CUNY, which she said is white supremacist, and also blasted everything which way but loose. This is disgusting. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And by the way, uh, again, who are the people clapping? Who are the people who vetted her speech? Apparently there's a process for vetting. We understand uh, there's a story in the Post that the dean of CUNY's law school was among those applauding this woman during her hate-filled speech. So that's the person teaching her. That's the person who's teaching young minds, shaping a mind like that woman. And then as she's spewing that kind of vitriol, clapping, like this is an appropriate thing for a student to be saying, period, let alone on a public stage. Shame on them. 
1-800-848-9222. Let's go to BJ. Line 8. BJ, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. You, you know, I, I don't know why anyone's surprised. I guess they're hearing it for the first time. I've been hearing this for years out of colleges. Colleges have gone woke, and it's just – I think it's just the realization that uh, uh, people who wake up and find out that their institutions have been totalitarianized uh, uh, by thugs, uh, uh, this is the reaction they have. This This woman – it would have shocked me if they had someone speaking uh, against BDS. It would have shocked me if they had someone speaking uh, pro-Israel at, at CUNY. It would have shocked me uh, if uh, Hakeem Jeffries, whose uncle spewed uh, all sorts of bile for for the years that he was there, uh, would have would have condemned this. It would have shocked me if Chuck Schumer would have condemned this. But nothing shocks me anymore. What shocks me really is people's surprise. They're surprised at this. I mean, what do you think happens when you elect uh, all sorts of of uh, uh, the, the, the phony uh, uh, phonies like Eric Adams? Eric Adams, the last guy to do- uh, dog pile on. Uh, and 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 condemn this, you know. Same with the, these other politicians. They should have stopped her before she had the chance to say it. They should have. And, and by the way, though, to, to Eric Adams' credit, um, BJ, uh, on this, I will say, I'm sorry, well, uh, no, Gina. no, no. But uh, let, let me hear. Let, you, you, the only reason I bring it up, he didn't vet the speech. I'm just trying to keep you focused on the topic at hand yeah. on this one no, because, I know, but- and and I will say what he said at the intrepid. And listen, I've called him out when I thought things were inappropriate. Uh, but I will say I thought his speech, at least at the intrepid, I thought was uh, inspiring and the kind of speech that actually should have been here at the commencement instead of this uh, disgusting vitriol. And you know what's sad, BJ? Um, I I guess I'm I was shocked. I'm not surprised to hear that rhetoric. What I am surprised um, in terms of the speaker here is that the fact that the woman got on the stage and was vetted and screened, that it goes through all the, you don't just pick a, a commencement speaker. I mean, first, the students picked them. So who were the students that thought this was a great speaker? Uh, who were the faculty members that vetted? And then that they would think that that would be an appropriate commencement speaker. I, I just sort of think it rises to a whole other level. I'm not surprised to see that students think this way. Um, you know, obviously, I think it's completely incorrect. Um, but to pick that as a commencement speaker who should be emblematic of the best of all of you and the most inspiring, that's what a commencement speaker should be. And this, to me, is like there's just something so nasty and disgusting about it. And and the fact that it would be at a time where students are supposed to be, uh, I think Mike's commencement speech, the speaker is not me. I didn't deliver it. Um, I wasn't that good of a high school student. I was better in college. But the speakers were, were inspiring. You know, I remember thinking, oh, God, that's uplifting. That's great. You go get the future. This doesn't, how, how is this inspiring? I mean, it doesn't even fit with what I think the tone of a, I'm not even talking about content, BJ. I mean, the content is vile and the tone is deplorable. I mean, I mean, who, who would, who in their right mind would say, that's like saying, I'm going to pick Louis Farrakhan to be my, uh, commencement speaker, you know, at a, uh, at an event where we're trying to inspire future generations. That'd be the last person I'd pick. Now this person might be the last person. It might have even been worse. Your thoughts. 
Well, I had Denzel Washington as a speaker at my graduation, so I was very blessed. Lucky but, you, uh, by the way, and who's 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 been very like supportive of police and military at times. Yeah, he had a very uh, inspiring story. It took him many years to graduate. He stuck with it. Uh, he had he came from uh, working class parents that taught them uh, the value of hard work, the, the value of family, and the and, value. And by of the way, loving. BJ, I've given a commencement speech, um, and and I I uh, I remember talking about inspiring. My you know my parents got divorced yeah. when I was young. My father left the family. I talked about it very publicly. How it was a it was a you know turning point and buckle up and and lessons learned and and the inspiration I got from you know from uh, my mother raising us and a lot of st- a lot of you know personal stuff but I tried to make it very powerful and, and inspiring you know I didn't get in, into what I thought of Israel or or uh, no well, you know, black rights or white rights or oh my god. Yeah, someone who knows nothing gets up there and spews this bile, and the adults in the room who should know better let her do it and let her damage herself and let her damage the people that had to had to bear with that. I'm sorry. I'm very sad. I, I'm glad I grew up when I did. Uh, I I I really feel bad for the young people. They have they have. They really, really are are hard pressed to find people to look uh, towards to guide them to make good choices. Yep, and uh, I agree. I agree. I agree, BJ. You're right. I who I would have never even imagined um, this. You know, uh, growing up, one thousand percent. Let's go to Stan real quick. Line three. Stan, your thoughts. Being a graduate of this, being a graduate of the city university system, it's somewhat pathetic. The harsh reality is most of the graduates of, in the system today are Middle Eastern, uh, South American, Hispanic Americans. So the attitude and thinking in school is much different than it was when the majority were more white, Jewish, and uh, that type of situation. So in the law schools today, you have this thinking. Now, nobody stopped her. Nobody looked at her speech. I don't think anyone was going to look at her speech. And and the people who were in the audience, you know, wanted her to speak. So they knew to some extent what she was going to say. Yep. So there is an approval. And and, and by the way, Stan, earlier I talked to Councilman Bob Holden. Bob Holden said the process at CUNY that's been in place for decades is that usually it's at least one faculty member, usually several, that the speeches like have to see the speeches so unless they did some waiver or whatever and by the way if this law school dean was clapping like a lemming during the speech maybe maybe well maybe that person was the one who vetted the speech yeah we don't know know. know. no we don't we don't but but stan i love you and i'm glad to hear you always call it always makes us smile have a good night we know you're on a comeback stan and that makes us happy thank you my friend we'll continue with your calls after the break, 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show. And everybody, tomorrow we'll give you the latest also on James Comer's call with FBI Director Christopher Wray. It's scheduled in just a few hours from now. And will that call go south to the point where Comer says that they do need to proceed with contempt of Congress 
charges against the head of the FBI uh, for not turning over that document related to President Biden. That could be a bombshell, and we will keep you posted on that and so much more. Meantime, we are talking about this hate-filled, vile-filled speech uh, by this woman who was picked as the commencement speaker. She is a law school grad at the City University of New York. And in the last few hours, we heard from the head of trustees, the chairman, also the chancellor, basically saying, yeah, we're for free speech, but we're not for hate-filled speech. Uh, what took them over two weeks to make a comment And after it was so clear to everybody else that it was just a disgusting, inappropriate speech, who vetted them? And also, by the way, it comes, again, as I mentioned, last year's speech at a commencement there at the City University wasn't much better. So uh, don't you think that should have raised some alarm bells? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Norm, line five. Norm, your thoughts about this? Uh, my thoughts are, well, I'm a graduate of Brooklyn College, which is a CUNY school. and um, So what did you think, Norm? Was this par for the course? Please tell me no. No, it's, it's par for the course. Stan is right. They, um, the ethnicity of the school has changed. Um, there are, certainly in Brooklyn College, uh, you know, not many Jewish people there anymore, uh, the way when I was going. Um, but, 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 Norm, Brooklyn- Norm, let me say one thing about that, um, that even if, you know, even if it's changes, he brought up there are a lot of, you know, Arabs. I'm not Jewish, but mm-hmm. uh, but as you can probably all tell, I'm a big supporter of Israel. I believe in mm-hmm. democracy and I believe in freedom. I believe in their importance around the world. Um, and there are a lot of people. I have a lot of friends who are, you know, um, you know, Muslim. And yet they would never give a speech like this woman. So to me, right. you know, I mean, you know, I I, I feel like. I hear I know Stan didn't mean it in a way to 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 say it, but there are a lot of people just like uh, immigrants. There are a lot of people who mm-hmm. cross the border legally and went through the process. Right. They they hate those who break the line, just like there are right. a lot of very proud Muslim Americans mm-hmm. who would be mortified at that woman's speech. Yeah. Um, the thing I can say is that CUNY has a long tradition of kind of out there politics, uh, extreme. Uh, when I was going uh basically uh, i had a sandinista former sandinista i had a person who was in the black panther party uh in the 60s and i went in the 90s and i had alan ginsburg who was not my teacher but he was in the department and at the time he wrote howl um beat beat writer and was embroiled in this whole uh, controversy uh, that he was a member of the North America Man Boy Love Association. So you know, Brooklyn College and I think CUNY CUNY has always had out there political stuff. And I remember protests uh, in the auditorium because they were they had anti-Israel stuff back like in the nineties. So it doesn't it doesn't surprise me. Now, what do you what do you make of the fact that clearly uh, now we just heard um, it looks like at least some of the brass there are speaking out. Uh, well, that's at least at least that's good to hear. Uh, Norm, thank you. Wow. That's eye opening to me. Wow. 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 Let's go to Alice. Uh, line eight. Alice, your thoughts about this. Hi, Rita. Um, you were on fire. The, the, the five o'clock show. It was great. Um, sadly, this country welcomed her and with open arms to get her advanced degree. And this is how she shows her thank you. You know, that's a great point. Alice, that's a great point. Go ahead. Also, 
if she goes back to Yemen, she couldn't behave that way. Yeah. Can you imagine? Alice, great points. And thank you for your kind words about earlier today, too. But you're right. Can you imagine if she spoke against the college in Yemen or against the regime in Yemen? It'd be like, uh, where's the firing squad? She should be thankful we have freedom in America. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.